today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. I want to talk about sports betting, uh, which is big news and, and a, a big money grab for an awful lot of people, and I mean that in the most positive way. Uh, I had no idea until I started to do some research into this, just how much money is involved in this, uh, and especially with uh, one of the big business announcements that was made earlier this week. Score Media said it is ready to take the Canadian sports betting market by storm after being snapped up by Penn National for $2.2 billion. So what does this mean? What are the implications going forward? Uh, to talk about this, please to welcome back to the program, Moshe Landu, who is the Senior Economics Lecturer at Concordia University. Uh, Moshe, always a pleasure. Thanks for the time. Great to have you with us today. Always a pleasure to be back. I don't do the track. I think I've been to a racetrack twice in my life. I've got a couple of $2 bets, uh, and I don't usually do the online stuff. But I am amazed when I'm starting to look at some of the numbers here. This is big business in this country, and I, not just in this country, but I guess worldwide really now, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's kind of the way that games are now being designed. It's that the way that uh, football has evolved is that it goes hand-in-hand hand with gambling. And the fact is that we're starting to see it take root in other sports. And earlier this week, we saw a little bit of a scandal with uh, Evander Kane being accused of gambling mm-hmm. on his own game. So there's always that tie between sports and gambling. Uh, now that it's kind of above board, it's a multi-billion dollar business waiting to take off. But they were, I was going to say naive. I mean, there was a, a real duplicitous attitude toward this. Remember, there was not too long ago that uh, even uh, professional sports leagues would avoid Las Vegas like the plague because they didn't want to associate with gambling in their professional sport. You know, they said, well, there's never going to be a major sports franchise in Los Angeles. Well, that, that's gone by the wayside right now. I guess they finally realized, hey, it's been going on forever. Let's just live with it and, get, and deal with it and, and try to profit from it. Yeah, you know, the the for gambling is to take a look at something like marijuana or, or other activities that are considered to be illegal. When you make them illegal, it doesn't mean they don't exist, right? They exist, but you just can't have, say, consumer protection in place, or you can't have some sort of uh, retribution if there's uh, some sort of faulty product that's sold to you. So by actually bringing gambling out into the open, it actually makes things a little more honest and it makes it a little easier to find out that when there's match fixing going on or when somebody's maybe on the take, you can see it a lot easier than when it's driven completely underground. So it's actually a good thing. And, uh, yeah, Vegas is going to get a baseball team and an NBA team in the next decade. So they will become one of the four sports cities. How do, I, I want to get into the numbers about this and, and what's going on with Score Media in a second, but how do these pro sports leagues deal with something like that? You mentioned the, the accusations against Evander Kane. Uh, not the first time something like that has happened. I mean, Pete Rose is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame because of gambling, or you know, which he's admitted to, but, uh, and it's happened with other sports. Uh, the great Paul Horning, a Green Bay Packer back in the 1960s, accused of the same thing. So was Alex Karras from the Detroit Lions. So it's happening. Uh, and are they naively saying our, our athletes or our team members shouldn't be doing this or are they simply saying don't bet on games that you're involved in is there a line that they've drawn there well i mean the cardinal uh, rule in baseball is you do not bet at all on baseball right and you mentioned pete rose and it goes back even earlier right shoeless joe jackson yeah definitely yeah. more famous because of the gambling scandal than he was for his hall of fame worthy credentials um the other sports kind of follow suit based on baseball's idea that gambling is completely verboten uh, among players themselves. They've softened up on betting, say, across sports, right? You'll hear that players will have their fantasy teams and things like that. Uh, but, you know, what the leaks are watching for are indications that something weird is happening in the game, right? To try and cover 
uh, point spread or to an over-under. or and, and they know their sport better than we do. So they have the ability to say, there's something weird that went on there. That doesn't happen among professional athletes. And if they start to take a closer look, because it's above board, it's going to help them find these sorts of scandals a lot easier. Uh, individual sports are great places where you can find it, tennis and golf and things like that. Because uh, you kind of know who should be winning and what they should be doing. And when you see something really weird, that's maybe a hint. Uh, they know their sport better, though, and they can find it easier. Your example about the fantasy leagues, I think, is a classic example of how they've not just acknowledged that uh, gambling is there, but they embrace it now. And uh, there's so many different facets to it, right? And it's not like the old days where you had to find a bookie uh, and do it rather surreptitiously because, you know, you're not really supposed to be doing this. Uh, they're embracing the body. You can go online, join these leagues, and, and have a great old time now. And that's that's gambling. Absolutely. And, you know, the the weird thing is that the NFL, while they kind of discourage it, the players themselves will say that they're involved in fantasy leagues. And, you know, for us, if we're involved in them, they're probably small stakes. You know, everybody puts in 50 bucks, 100 bucks, even if you're putting in a couple hundred bucks. If you're only talking about 10 people at play here, while $2,000 might be a lot for us, for professional athletes, that's that small change, right? If they get involved in fantasy leagues, though, where there's tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in play, you know, this is the type of thing that the NFL says, look, we at least want to know about it so that we can see when you bungled that third down reception, uh, did you bungle it because just the throw was off, your timing was off, it was good coverage, or are you maybe being influenced by the outcome of your fantasy league uh, and the amount of money there that's at play? So, uh, you know, if they're at least acknowledging it exists, uh, then there's the ability to regulate it and to watch it and to punish it then when there's, when there's something that goes wrong. And, and it's not a bad thing, as you say, that it's out in the open. I always used to wonder and scratch my head about the National Football League, for instance. You know, they said, no, we, we don't want anybody gambling on our sport. We don't even want people gambling. I, I, I don't know who's going to win this coming Sunday. But then they'd release, uh, you know, two days before the game, they'd say who's going to play and who's not going to play. Well, that's because it affects the gambling. It affects who's going to bet on what. What do, you, what, what do you mean Brady's not playing for the, you know, for, for Tampa Bay this week? That has an impact on Brady. So the, at least it's out there now. Uh, listen, a couple of months ago, I guess it was, we had Hall of Fame jockey sandy holly on the program and he was among others advocating for the uh, passage of bill c218 uh, which is called the safe and regulated sports betting act now it did pass uh it's it, which basically means the uh, the federal government is giving the provinces uh the uh, the ability to regulate sport betting and single event betting seems to be the most contentious talk to us about what that is going to mean for the sport and for and for betting in general so the way that it was working in Canada up until recently was that you could bet on sports, but you had to bet on what were called parlays. You had to get a sequence of games, at least a minimum of two games correct in order to win. And the logic was that this would minimize the risk of match fixing. If you have to get tonight's baseball game and tomorrow's CFL game correct in order to win, you, you can't go and try and buy off the players in both sports. It's too expensive, right? And to merely try and buy off the players in one sport doesn't guarantee that the outcome of the second event is going to go your way. So the government thought that this is the way to try and eliminate match fixing, which is, of course, the thing that can completely undermine gambling. Mm -hmm. With the passage of this bill now that you can now bet on single games, now the idea is that, hey, you like tonight's game? Go ahead, put some money down on it. The idea is that this would increase the volume of betting that goes on, which means the amount of money that the government can take in the form of taxes is going to increase as a result, too. 
What's in it for the government? Explain that to our listeners, uh, where they come into this, because this is one of the reasons, you know, why the the discussion about legalizing this in the first place uh, was so prevalent for so long, because the government figured, hey, there's a revenue source here for us. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, times are tough, right, for most governments. Oh, yeah. (laughs) months have been a real uh, hurt to their their pocket. Uh, The idea of legalizing marijuana was, rather than pretend the transactions don't take place, Let's at least get a cut through the form of taxes, the way that you pay taxes on your coffee when you go to Tim Hortons, right? So the same logic applies here. The gambling's going on. It was going on offshore, and the government was getting no portion of that money. The amount that was going on within legalized gambling through these multi-game parlays was so small because nobody's really interested in doing that other than just as a kind of fun spoof. There wasn't a lot of money there either. Now that you have single-game betting, now that you can bet on the Super Bowl and that's it, the volume's going to go up, which means the tax take is going to go up as well. And so the government says, rather than pretend it doesn't exist, let's capitalize on it. And that's why you have now, this is going to be treated no differently really than taxing alcohol, cigarettes, marijuana, or anything else that you might find morally objectionable, but you just kind of hold your nose and accept it. Uh, the analogy with the, the legalization of cannabis, I think, is very instructive here because when that happened, as you and I discussed, I think, at the time, uh, the market got flooded. Everybody wanted to get into the business all of a sudden. They wanted to, to sell it. They wanted to grow it. They, they had huge you know, f- factories. Lands were purchased. Uh, then the bottom fell out of it. There was just too much going on, too much activity, and a lot of those proposed uh, production facilities for, for, for marijuana never did happen because they said that we don't. it's just not there anymore. The price fell on the stock markets. Uh, is that what's going to happen with betting now that uh, that this is starting to happen with uh, Bill C-218? It will, but for a slightly different reason. Gambling markets are kind of best served by monopolies. Uh, if you want markets to work well, they need to be very deep and liquid, right? It's kind of the reason why there's a stock market in Canada, not a hundred of them. And if you go back even a couple of decades, right, beyond just the Toronto Stock Exchange, there were stock exchanges in Montreal and in Alberta and uh, but the fact is that they weren't liquid. And so if you bought a share and you needed to sell it, unless you can find a willing buyer on the other side, you're kind of stuck. But if you pull everything together into one marketplace and everybody's located there, the market works a little more efficiently. It's going to be the same thing with gambling markets. You need to have one centralized location where everybody places their bets. And in the meantime, if you have this open door for competition, everyone's going to race in thinking that they're going to be the one that survives. And what you're seeing now is a little bit of the rationalization of the, the marketplace. And we're going to see a lot of these disappear in mergers or bankruptcies. And when we're done, we're going to see maybe two, three that dominate the North American marketplace. Well, this is, uh, I guess, like the story that we're just uh, talking about here, the, the catalyst for this whole thing about Score Media the, you know, and, and Penn National jumping in here, uh, you know, making two pretty successful companies into one mega company like this. Yeah, and and I don't necessarily know that they're done with with this merger, right? You've certainly got south of the border, uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, and you've got a few that are still operating offshore that are strong in Europe. And the fact is that gambling is gambling for the most part. And so once you start to develop that backdoor strength in in how to kind of, you know, figure out the the over-unders and the plus-minus on the various games and things like that, you're going to find that they're going to start going after each other uh, and, and bidding down prices and bidding down their commissions. And once they kind of realize that the, the weak ones can't survive in this environment, they're going to be snapped up and probably just kind of eliminated, uh, which gives further strength to those that survive. 
And the, the plus side here, as you mentioned, for government is that there's going to be a revenue source for them. Uh, the companies certainly are doing very well financially. There's going to be job creation as, as these companies expand. Uh, that's that's a good news story. But what about the, the, the guys that are doing it now, Moshe? The, the black market, where you know, because the, the, they relied on that income. I mean, that was that was that was their business. That was their industry right now. And when government steps in, like they did with the, with the cannabis, uh, do these guys have a plan B, or do they simply say, well, I guess we got to find something else now? Or are they going to try to to tweak whatever they're doing to try to still attract those customers to their end of the business. So if we're going to do the cannabis analogy, there's probably still sellers of cannabis out there that are operating outside of the above-ground economy, right? Mm -hmm. There's still going to be people that just don't want to be tracked. For whatever reason, they don't want to be seen, they don't want to be known about their habit, and, and fine. Similar sort of idea is going to happen with gambling, that now that gambling is above board, there's going to be a segment of society that says, I don't want my gambling to be monitored by the government, or I don't want my bets to be logged. And so they're still going to prefer to go through a book here. They're still going to prefer to go through other channels. And so there's still going to be some element of an underground economy that exists within sports gambling, especially when you're talking about, say, certain bets that maybe are not conventional or, or where the, the market isn't very liquid. And so they'd rather deal in anonymity uh, where they can find that counterparty that wants to take the other side of the bet. And so I, I don't know that that's going anywhere. It's probably just going to shrink in terms of its size relative to the stuff that's above board. Fascinating stuff that's going on these days. Always great to get your perspective on this, Moshe. Thanks so much for the time today. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Take care. Moshe Lander, who's a senior economics lecturer with Concordia University, uh, talking about the great big merger with uh, Score Media and Penn National. And uh, more to come, as he mentioned, with that industry in the next little while. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.